I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest disasters and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing one of the greatest rivalries of all time, the Kanye West-Taylor Swift feud. Here's what you need to know. Singer-songwriter Taylor Swift, known for her catchy pop tunes and her narrative style of songwriting inspired by her personal life, was born December 13, 1989. Swift rose to fame as a country pop star at the age of 16. The debut of her first self-titled album in 2006 sold over 5 million copies. Popular singles like Our Song and Teardrops on My Guitar thrust her into the limelight. In 2008, Swift was nominated for a Grammy in the Best New Artist category. Around this same time, Swift released her second album, Fearless, and her single, You Belong With Me, hit the Billboard Top 100 charts. It was the best-selling country album of that year. Kanye West first gained traction in the music industry as a producer. He was born June 8, 1977 in Atlanta, Georgia, but was raised in Chicago. By 2001, he was living in New York and got his big break producing the Jay-Z track, This Can't Be Life. The next year, he cemented his reputation after producing four songs on Jay-Z's album, The Blueprint, widely regarded as one of the best albums of all time. West went on to produce for many mainstream artists, including Most Def, Ludacris, Alicia Keys, and Beyonce. In 2004, West released his debut album, The College Dropout, which sold 2.6 million copies and peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 200 chart. He received 10 Grammy nominations and won three awards, including Best Rap Song and Best Rap Album. His sophomore album, Late Registration, debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 200 and yielded West another three Grammy wins. By 2009, West had successfully released his next two albums, Graduation and 808s and Heartbreak. Both went platinum, and Graduation earned him another Grammy for Best Rap Album. This brings us to the 2009 VMAs. The date is September 13, 2009. The MTV Video Music Awards are underway. Among the nominees for Best Female Video are Taylor Swift for You Belong With Me and Beyonce for Single Ladies. The Moon Man for Best Female Video goes to... Taylor Swift. Thank you so much! I always dreamed about what it would be like to maybe win one of these someday, but I never actually thought that would happen. Taylor goes up to accept her Moon Man statue when suddenly Kanye rushes on the stage, takes the mic from her hands, and famously says, Yo, Taylor, 
I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. Dumbfounded and clearly rattled, Taylor is left on stage as a shocked Beyonce looks back at her from the audience. Later that night, when Beyonce wins Music Video of the Year, she calls Taylor up on stage so that she can finish her priorly botched acceptance speech. At the time, it was one of the most shocking award show moments in history. The backlash against Kanye was quick and severe. People took to Twitter and Facebook to air out their grievances on the matter. Even President Obama called Kanye, quote, a jackass. The next day, Kanye appeared on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and explained. Just dealing with the fact that I hurt someone or took anything away, you know, from a talented artist or from anywhere, because I, I only wanted to help people, you know, my, my entire life. I've only wanted to give and do something that I felt was right. And I immediately knew in the situation that it was wrong and it wasn't a spectacle or just, you know, it's actually someone's uh, emotions, right. you know, that I stepped on. And it was very, it was just, it was rude, period. For months, Kanye left the public eye while Taylor's notoriety grew from the support of fans following the incident. She made her Saturday Night Live debut in November of that year and received praise for her opening monologue song and her willingness to joke about Kanye's stage crashing. In 2010, Kanye returned to the spotlight with the release of his fifth album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, where he explores his, quote, status as a celebrity, consumer culture, race, and the idealism of the American dream. He claimed that the album was a backhanded apology for the incident. By 2015, the feud had seemingly fizzled out. Kanye and Taylor were making headlines after they were photographed having a conversation at the 2015 Grammy Awards. It seemed like the two foes were marching towards a reconciliation with rumors of even a possible music collaboration. Man, I can understand how it might be kind of hard to love a girl like me. I don't blame But all of this friendship talk came to a screeching halt in February of 2016, after the release of Kanye's seventh album, The Life of Pablo. Controversial lyrics in the song Famous, where Kanye calls out Taylor by name, quote, For all my South Side niggas that know me best, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. We're the culprit for stirring the pot this time. Taylor's rep released the statement, quote, Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release a single famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric, I made that bitch famous. Shortly after, Kanye's wife, Kim Kardashian, came to his defense saying Taylor had absolutely approved it and she had a recorded phone call to prove it. Snapchat footage of the recorded video where Kanye and Taylor appear to be on the phone discussing the famous lyric were leaked on Kim Kardashian's account. In the video, the two speak about the I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex line, but there is no footage of the I made that bitch famous bit. Swift then took to Twitter saying, quote, where is the video of Kanye telling me he was going to call me that bitch in his song? She wrote, it doesn't exist because it never happened. I just wanted you. Four years later, in March of 2020, the dormant feud was once again reignited when new videos of the Kanye and Taylor phone call were leaked, revealing she didn't lie about giving Kanye permission to use the lyric, I made that bitch famous. Four years later, Taylor was finally vindicated for, at the very least, the second part of this 10-year saga. But that doesn't mean that the verdict on who's to blame for the Kanye and Taylor feud has been settled in the most important court of public opinion, the alarmist courthouse. And I've been doing this for 15 years and I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of the... Just... 
just feels like it's more than music now at this point. And I realized that no one wants that to be my job, and, and, and I'm never going on stage again. I'll never sit in a award show again, but will I feel convicted about things that really meant stuff to culture that constantly get denied for years and years and years and years? I'm sorry. I will. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. In 2009, at the time of the incident, Taylor was 19. Kanye was 32. Kanye has sold over 140 million records worldwide. He has won 21 Grammy Awards. Taylor has sold more than 50 million albums and 150 million singles globally. She's won 10 Grammy Awards. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hey. And our two very special guests are Cal Davenport and Fraser Tharp, hosts of Watch Less Podcast. And this is a pop culture podcast focusing on the world of TV and film. Cal, Fraser, hey. hi. How are you guys doing? What's up? <laughs> th- th- thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad, all things considered. Uh, and you guys are in New York City, so I, I feel like you guys are, are definitely more confined. I mean, I work out of New York, but I live in Jersey, and there's oh, parts, okay. but you know, nobody's able to go to them. You know, so it's 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 frustrating. Looking out the window sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a little cheat code. I got a, a roof roof access, so it's not so oh. bad uh, now that yeah. it's warmed up. But it, the early months were especially. Especially you literally, you have the view of the world, uh, yeah, right? Well, the world that I can't go out into, though. Uh, you know, we like to introduce our, our guests by something that you're alarmed about. We could have just talked about it, though. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because, I mean, I, I, I think the, the thing that alarms me most is still going to, like, a, a Walmart or a grocery store and seeing people without masks on. Like, it, th- that part of this time in covid pandemic makes no sense to me whatsoever you should you should have like an overabundance like you you open up your pockets there's 20 masks coming out what are you doing outside with nothing on your face but uh you know you 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 can't you can't help some people i guess i'm kind of the same but i'm more split on the aftermath you know like you mentioned that we run a um a movie tv podcast so obviously we're super super nerds for all that stuff so the idea of thinking about what it's going to look like whenever this finally ends is starting to get really disconcerting. You know, like movie theaters are talking about dropping movies at home like just 10, 10 or 15 days now after yeah. they hit theaters. It feels like it's going to change the entire landscape of life as we knew it. So, Frazier's uh, IMAX first night, you know, like he wanted to go see the new Christopher <laughs> Nolan, you know, Friday night, midnight. And, and he, he wants that experience. So that that not happening is crushing him. He's, he's smiling right now, but he's hurting inside. <laughs> There's the pain inside. Yes. Well, let's get started talking about one of the biggest feuds in the history of humankind (laughs) okay that's not even exaggeration no no i I can't think certainly the most important (laughs) (laughs) i mean let's start off light let's just start off by putting racism (laughs) up on the board (laughs) yeah yeah racism Um, in the music industry slash awards show because yeah. maybe maybe we need to define these two because there's racism in the music industry and then there's racism at awards show. It is interesting that Kanye it all started from him being like the biggest Beyonce stand. Like all he wanted to do was go up there and said, Hey, her video is the greatest video of all time. And I know Beyonce stands the beehive. I, I imagine a lot of them are a lot more uh composed. They wouldn't just run up on stage and do something like that. But in the back that. of their mind, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to tell people they're going to do something. But I would imagine in the back of their head, at some point, they're like, "God damn, Kanye might be right. That single ladies video was amazing." You know, so it's funny that we go from there, and it because of you know, the white woman, the black man, you know, the the, the stealing of a spot. Like there, there, there's a lot of things at play, especially when you bring race into it. Yes, absolutely, and. Well, and we'll dig into the the music videos because I think that has something to do with it as well. Mm -hmm. But just off the bat, so uh, article on Vice, uh, it says, first of all, I want to say that awards shows are dumb. 
So let's all we agree with that, <laughs> right? Careful, mm-hmm. Rebecca. Don't we want to get nominated until for you Webby w- at some until point? you win one? Yeah, exactly. Awards <laughs> are dumb until you win one. Yeah, until I'm nominated, I'm allowed to say. <laughs> so let's have a little background on this. Uh, Vice article uh, says. Run it back to 2009 and the moment that started it all when the VMAs didn't award Beyonce and with best pop video uh, for the best choreography, this side of Smooth Criminal, and instead gave it to Taylor Swift for the straight-to-video teen movie piece of Humdrum that was You Belong to Me with me. Black excellence thwarted by white mediocrity again. As Kanye would state later on, if you see Beyonce dancing in heels and shit and still don't give her that award, people just aren't going to bother. You're na- we're now living in a world where Megan Trainer has a Grammy so you can draw your own conclusion as to whether uh, the record industry collectively decided to lower the bar that night. Damn. Now, let's talk numbers. Damn. This was uh, in an article in L.A. Times. Whatever you think of Kanye's grandstanding, the numbers are telling. The last black artist to win a Grammy for Album of the Year was Herbie Hancock nine years ago. And uh, the last black woman to win an Album of the Year was Lauryn Hill in 1999. Only three black women have ever won the award for Album of the Year. It has been handed out 59 times. Wow. In Beyonce's case, the numbers are particularly striking. She is the most Grammy-nominated woman ever, with 62 nominations and 22 wins, but her win rate of 35% is markedly low. Alison Krauss, the white country singer who was 27, who has 27 wins for and 42 nominations, is almost twice as likely to win when nominated than Beyonce. Side note: I have no idea who Alison Krauss is. Uh, okay, but, so I was going to ask the same thing. All right, <laughs> <laughs> says a lot. Exactly. Yeah. 18 of Beyonce's 22 wins have come in overtly. Ra- uh, racialized categories such as R&B and rap and she was she has only one win in the big three categories best album best song and best record despite 11, 11 nominations in them this year marks the third time Beyonce has been nominated for album of the year and she has lost to Taylor Swift Beck and and Adele She's lost to those three people. Right. On uh, on the Grammys for example, the Daily Beast uh, says Oftentimes, legendary albums by black artists aren't even part of the Album of the Year nomination process. Michael Jackson's Off the Wall wasn't nominated. Prince's 1999 wasn't nominated. Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation wasn't nominated. My mind is blown. When they are uh, when they are nominated, they lose to albums from Mumford and Sons, Frank Ocean's Channel Orange and Paul Simon, Janet's Control. It's not merely that the Grammys diminish black artists at the top of the game of their game. They often diminish albums that are huge cultural moments for those that are not only barely relevant today, but were hardly relevant when they were released so just to circle back for a second, because it's maybe not a good idea to drag Alison Krauss. She's like <laughs> extremely prolific and an amazing songwriter. She's uh-huh. in the bluegrass country space, but okay. the fair comparison, but she's also been in the industry. That that Just that fact, talking about before she was 17, she's been in the industry since she was 14. So oh, okay. you know, that's, that's, all, that's a whole 13 years for her to build up all those. I mean, shout out to her. Yeah. But- yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. I, I'm just saying she hasn't crossed my space. Yeah, yeah. And not quite a Beyonce. household name. Yeah, not, not, not in the year that Beyonce's dropping single ladies is the thing. You know? like, like what, are, what, are, what are we really talking about here? Can we just quickly, before we continue putting people up on the board, like personally, when that happened, mm-hmm. whose side was everyone on? Are we willing to say? I mean, I was always out Kanye's side for the most part. I mean, when I think back to that i remember watching that vmas live and um you know i've always had a healthy appetite for all types of music so i definitely knew who taylor swift was i won't say that but he's being hyperbolic of course but he does have a point like my awareness of taylor swift jumped by a hundred percent from that night you know i was aware of her as a personality but she was still making um mostly country music then for the most part <laughs> And uh, I knew that song, obviously, it was a huge song, but I wasn't really that plugged into her until that happened. 
Yeah, I mean, you you, ha- you have to question if like if that hadn't have happened. Let's say, let's say she won the award, but Kanye and everything didn't happen. Would she have been on Saturday Night Live in a couple of months? You know, like afterwards, mm-hmm. like I don't, I I think that there's there is credence to say, hey, because Kanye came in, he was a catalyst for the Taylor Swift eruption that you know followed years well, later. I think he sped it up. I think she's d- definitely immensely talented and was always going to be where she is, regardless of Kanye. But I, what, you know, I think the larger point is that. If we're distilling it to that moment, you know, it's like the quote said, teen high school uh, rom-com straight to video music video Mm -hmm. versus, you know, choreography that we can all picture in our heads right now. How many years later? I was kind of on Kanye's side, but not for the same reasons. Okay. So I I have huge problems with that song, You Belong With Me. (laughs) And from the moment that that song came out, I've it's been one of those songs that I think about and I think is extremely problematic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we can I can go through the lyrics, tell you one by one. I get it. It's a song about a a girl who thinks that the guys with a girl that's he's not right for. Mm -hmm. But the way she describes it is by saying that she wears short shorts and I wear T-shirts. Okay, number one. Um, Are you calling her a slut? And that's not a comparison. It would be like, I wear tank tops or I wear a blouse with floral print and you wear, you know, plaid, whatever. Which is, it rolls right off the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) And then, it's a better lyric anyway. If you're you're honest, it's going to be a better lyric anyway. And then she goes on to say, which is the most problematic line of the song. She goes, she says, she's cheer captain and I'm on the bleachers. Okay, let's hold a second. So, <laughs> so you're telling me that she, it's not easy. We've all seen Cheer on Netflix. Mm-hmm. We know it's not easy to become Cheer Captain. That's not just handed out to people. <laughs> so this girl tried really hard and she's Cheer Captain and you should hate her for trying and like me for sitting on the bleachers and not caring. <laughs> Huge problems. Rebecca's <laughs> sweating and panting right Definitely now. Definitely an early trend of the, the Taylor victimization that she's often accused of, you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, it's like so put on because we all know that Taylor was the popular girl. Well, that, that's the thing. It's, it's a weird, even when you say that she's she's singing that she's singing, sitting in the bleachers while she's on stage singing it to tens of thousands of people. Like, what, what, as, at some you have to retire the song because after a point, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. But, uh, is this, is this the video where she played both sides? She, she's playing the mean girl and... and Herself. Yes, Frazier, another wow. hugely problematic part. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. <laughs> she's blonde, beautiful Taylor Swift. And she's, you know, she's the, the meek, oh, I'm so nerdy and so whatever victim. And then herself, who she's playing as the girl who's cheer captain, has this like dark brown wig on. Mm-hmm. Also that idea. And, you know, if you see me, I have dark brown hair and you know I just hate that like interpretation of like the dark is the Mm. mean menacing you know taking things away from this innocent blonde Mm -hmm. girl who deserves it just because she stays at home and 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 doesn't do anything with her life yeah so I'm getting I'm getting getting heated like this isn't because it's more about the video, right? It's not necessarily about the song, but I guess the song... The song is the, the video, video stems, the video is the song. The song. Yeah, okay. it's, 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 I mean, it's one, one influences the other, so... Now, I will say, uh, and I know I'm entering danger territory as someone who might be considered a Taylor Swift type. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Okay. In my younger years. Mm-hmm. But to play devil's advocate a little bit in defense of Taylor, her music appeals to young women. And so I think there is a tendency in our culture to kind of poke fun at art that is aimed toward young women. There's always been this kind of like uh, trivialization, I think, towards art that is geared towards uh, a certain age group and then a certain gender within that age group. Right. So I think, you know, you definitely raise a great point. Um, And. She, she she shouldn't be vilified for that at all. Shows like this are built to prop those people up. I don't believe that, you know, they, they aren't trying to star make at times. I don't know what Kanye's, what, what set him off. I know... I, I and we haven't gotten to this yet, but I remember seeing the pictures be, being, you know, working in the media. Twitter, you have Twitter on while the the red carpet's on, and I remember the infamous shots of him with a a bottle a of Hennessy in his hand, Hennessey in bottle. one hand, and you know, 
Amber Rose in the other hand. Like he was really, he was sharing drinks with Joe Jackson. Like there was a lot going on before. And that was what, was that the first category in the show? It was very early, I believe, in, in the actual VMA program. Yes. So yeah. should we put should we put liquid courage up on the board? I mean, yes. I, 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 I think that bottle of Hennessy is, is a contributing yeah. factor. <laughs> if Kanye wasn't carrying that, would the situation have been different? And because the thing is, I don't know. I don't know if. Well, yeah, was, I mean, at this point in Kanye's history, he's still famous for the George Bush incident, which yeah. there was no at least no shots of liquor. For that. Yeah. So that was right. pure, that's yeah. sober Kanye. He was sober. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and just to clarify, the, the George Bush incident was when he, he called him out during Hurricane Katrina saying that he didn't care about black people. Right. When Kanye comes out and does this pu- public apology, um, he later said that he wasn't suggesting that Taylor was undeserving of the award, but was speaking out against systemic racism in the music industry, which is which consistently favors white artists. Whatever the case, this is according to the Vice article, whatever the case, Kanye in flagrant black Kanye mode standing on stage uh, that night, effusive mic in hand while meek blonde, whiter than white Taylor Swift dithered in the background is an image that was embedded, has embedded itself in the core of both of their careers for the best part of the decade. The Chronicle of Taylor, the innocent white girl, and Kanye, the bullying black demon. It's like you said, it's like um, there is a, a star-making thing that always goes into this, an agenda. And one interesting thing to think about at this point is, at this point, it's hard to believe there was ever a time where this uh, this sentiment didn't exist, but I don't think Beyonce... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. At this point, her, her career is quite like deity level the way she is now. You know, she's a superstar then, but this single ladies was the first single for her, just her third album. Beyonce had a stamp in in the black community. You know what I'm saying? I think when Beyonce left Destiny's Child and she started embarking on her solo career, this was still in that time frame where it was like every, every woman I knew in, in, in the, in the, in the hood, they knew that was her, that she was literally the queen. I think it was like, like Frazier said, single ladies. And that at that point is when the mainstream said, okay, she's not just a very good dancer and she's a very good singer, but she could be viable as like a icon within the industry, you know, but I th- it, re- it probably took more shape with what, like her self self-titled album. I think yeah. that's, it, it's, it's, that was yeah. when, when, when the, the, the tide kind of turned on Beyonce, uh, the, the creative and, 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 and how she was trying to infuse a lot of, you know, what she was feeling about the world and things going on in her life and adding more of that to making a more uh, unique, uh, especially lyrically, uh, the uh, content for for her audience today. If something like that happened in the v- if 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 the VMAs happen this year and and they do in fact have an incident where somebody were to speak out like that, it wouldn't seem crazy, you know, because you know s- since George Floyd, since you know everybody really started paying attention to the Black Lives Matter movement, there's been that conversation with you know pulling people and brands and stuff aside and saying hey this is something that's been wrong and you need to fix it um again i i I don't say that to say kanye went about it in the best manner but i can't fault especially a black artist within the recording industry calling out something like that when when it's so you know again we've all said it there, there is an obvious winner and a loser with these videos when it's so blatant and, you know, you add, you know, half a bottle of Hennessy and, you know, <laughs> a, a, a weird seating plan. You have Kanye being able to just waltz up on the stage and, you know, spout. Ooh, that's interesting. We could have bl- blamed the event the seating planner. plan. I, I'm saying, that. I'm saying, yeah, because I don't they, they I don't know if they, they thought that that was something that was going to happen. But Kanye in the middle, in the back of the, the, the building, it, it there's a, a lot less chance of him getting up to the stage. (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) Well, I thought, I think that's a really good point because, you know, the conversation has shifted now around, okay, so if you do have 
a voice or you do have a platform, what do you do with that platform? Yeah. To your point, Cal, at, at the at the time, maybe Kanye had a bigger platform than Beyonce and he could sort of fall on the sword, so to speak, and say, uh, look, I got to say something for Beyonce. I mean, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, and, there's some and truth to that. he just said what everyone was thinking, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone in the audience was probably like rolling their eyes, but I think there's a bit of politics involved because you said that Beyonce won video of the year. Yeah. So maybe they were like, well, we're giving a black woman video of the year. So let's make it you know, in their minds, maybe it was like, yeah. so we can throw Taylor video, you know, yeah, and, and a bone, which is so f- messed up. T- Taylor it had is. a, she had a performance that night as well. Like, didn't they have some elaborate thing for her too for that? Yes. She performed on the subway. Yes. Uh, like, fi- I, I, I want to say it was like five minutes later or something. It mm-hmm. was right after the Kanye thing. Yes. Yeah, so um, they knew what they were doing there. They knew exactly what that whole, that whole segment and, and breakdown yeah, of that was. Yeah, the producers Well, are, I mean, to say nothing of, I, Beyonce wins the award and then she brings Taylor up to give the speech that Kanye interrupted, and they're wearing matching colors. You're 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 lucky that it was someone as nice as Beyonce and and, and not another artist, because you don't know what someone else would have done if they won Video of the Year. Would they have brought Taylor up? Well, no. I mean that that I remember that night that fueled mm-hmm. a lot of the conspiracy theories. Like, yeah. oh, was this whole all just planned thing? Because you got to remember the VMAs were known for drama and yeah, scripted yeah. moments, and you know mm-hmm. all types of intrigue like that. So. I remember a lot of people thinking that the entire thing was staged because, you know, they both had these outfit changes that matched when Beyonce gives Taylor the platform oh. that Kanye interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, to your point, I think Kanye was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. So we have to give him that. Now, let's move on to sexism in the mu- Another light one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sexism in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Now, Uh, this isn't a shocker. We're not, you know, talking about like something new. Obviously we all know that, you know, men and women are not treated equal in the music industry. There are, you know, crazy like uh, beauty standards that are put upon women. They're uh, the monetarily that women are not in a a, a positions of power, uh, usually in the music industry. We're we're not even touching on like the sexual assault part of of the music industry. Mm Um, this is this is just like it's an auditory form of art, right? And who so cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until you make a music video. Yeah. Okay, music. fine. We're talking music Ooh. videos. Are but, we going to put MTV up on the board? Because yes, they like probably should. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Yes, yeah. you have to. And then this is kind of tied into Kanye. Really, mm-hmm. would Kanye have done that to? Uh, did he feel like he could do it because it was a, a, a young girl? Pro- I, I, th- I think going back to the point um, that was made earlier by Amanda about you know, people feeling like it's easier to make fun of, you know, art for, you know, younger girls. I could see Kanye probably feeling like it was easier to go upstage. And I mean, you know, for, you know, lack of a better term, kind of bully his way onto the mic to make those comments for Taylor compared to, you know, somebody who was taller than him or, you know, had seen to have like a bigger status in, in the industry. Cause he's, it's not like he didn't do this before, but it was at like the MTV European awards and it was artists that you might not remember their names, but he would still go. And he was advocating for itself. A lot of those times. I, I don't know if it was 50 himself or someone else, but you know, because of their, they had recent um, disputes at that time. Someone said he absolutely would not have done that to 50 no, cent. If, not at if, all. You know, if it was that case. Yeah. No, and he didn't do it to Beck, you know, uh, <laughs> later at, at the Grammys. There was like that joke where he like he was jokingly ran up. Well, yeah. the argument there yeah. is that, that you hope he learned his lesson. Is, 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 that, yeah. is that the one time he actually showed a good sense of humor is, is the question. <laughs> well, I mean, the, if you go back, that's a great moment because if you go back to that, the look of horror on Jay-Z and Beyonce's faces <laughs> is so good. They're like, oh, no, they're like, not now. You can't no, make no, 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 no. your best album twice <laughs> again. I don't know if you're going to come back from this. So I, I think we can put Kanye's misogyny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't know what else to call it, really. I think that's fair. Systemic misogyny, Kanye. Even misogyny. if it's latent, it still is. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, that's the thing. Because I, I think if you ask Kanye, he probably wasn't. You wouldn't hear him say, "Yeah, that little girl." Like he was just saying this artist compared to Beyonce. But a lot of again, a lot of that is kind of just ingrained in right. people based off the way we've been brought up. So. We need to talk about the internet and Twitter. 
because mm. I think that that's another thing that we should definitely put up on the board. Let's talk about Taylor for a sec here, because I know that we we weren't as into her music and I I'll be you know, uh, I'll, I'll come clean. I actually am a Taylor Swift fan. I think she's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I, so am I. Yeah. I have no problems with Taylor Swift. Now that said, she had seven, she had sold 7 million copies of fearless mm. of that out al- of her album that came out in 2009. She was not a nobody. She might've been a nobody in our circles, right. yeah. but I-, I think in the country, People really supported her. That's a really early point of, um, you know, the the stand culture that we yeah. see on the internet and the, the ways that it can get very toxic. Which she herself, I mean, her last album had a song kind of referencing that and trying to take the piss out of that a little bit. I think, mm-hmm. you know, Kanye. Um, even if you agree, whether you agree Kanye was the villain or agree that he went about things in a horrible way, the Twitter aspect of it really changes the conversation again because it kind of makes him the victim in a lot of ways you know he the song that he said this on didn't end up making the final cut of his album that next year but he said and in one of like the bonus cuts uh there's a line that's like i got called n-word on twitter how many times he wouldn't believe that like you know he did come under a really really intense and like undeserving fire that was like really racially fueled all in the name of some of her fans defending her yeah. in a really intense way. There's, there's a larger conversation about Kanye that, that can be had at some point. But I will say that, um, you know, with everything, not excusing some of the things he said, but with, you know, understanding now, like his mental health situation, you have to wonder at a time like that, if, if he had something that was maybe undiagnosed or misdiagnosed, or if he just wasn't even checking for it, and then you're getting a lot of that flack, especially being called the N-word and, and, and God knows what else. But I, I think Cal brings up a really important point uh, about something that I want to put up on the board, and that's Kanye's mental health. Mm. You know, recently, because Kim came out with it, essentially, uh, we do know that he suffers from bipolar disorder. Not just that, but his mother's passing had just been yes. about two years before this two th- 2009 incident because she died in, in 2007. Mm-hmm. And and he always like has said that he has a lot of remorse. She, she died uh, so suddenly she was going, she had uh, elective surgery. Um, yep. that, mm-hmm. which was uh, she died that way. I can see how that kind of thing could trigger some kind of, you know, situation. And, and, and bipolar uh, definition of that is uh, for, formerly called manic depression. It's a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, mania or hypomania and lows, depression. So that kind of like it makes a lot of sense, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's, it's someone who's really suffering uh, from this condition. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and again, when you, when you add me, because who knows if he even knew that was a situation back then. I, I know, you know, there's definitely truth to the point of the time frame when his mother passed away. I, I, someone actually made a reference to that to me recently, because I guess the, uh, the, the recent... Uh, the, the rally that he had, it's right around the time of the anniversary of his mother's death. The, the name of his next album is named after his mother. So uh, it's, you know, it's 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 really it's almost cyclical in the way that he, you know, moves in and out of uh, the, these different phases in his life. Because I think, you know, I, the TMZ stuff was during the summer as well. So it just it, it you, when you really pull back the lens and really look at, you know, what the totality of what's going on with Kanye and what and what's been going on with him um even before the Taylor Swift thing things the way he's acting start to make more sense you know again it it doesn't excuse the action or the words that were used or what whatever he does but you know i can it screams that you know he needs someone there for him to be in his corner to to whether it's just to to say okay you feel this way about the Taylor Swift video versus Beyonce. Go, give me thirty minutes and just you know get it all out. So then, when he goes to the the the, the VMAs the next time, he doesn't have to worry about these unchecked emotions and unspoken things being blurted out, you know, on live television. So we did a uh, an episode on mental health issues once before, and we had a 
listener write in and just sort of make a distinction. And maybe we can use that here. If you guys remember, she said untreated, you know, we need to call it untreated or undiagnosed right. bipolar disorder. So maybe yes. that's, it's that's how we should. It's not the bipolar disorder. It's not the because bipolar. Because there's a lot of functional people right. with, with bipolar yes. who yes. are... Yeah, so that's a thank you, Chris, for bringing that up. Anything else you want to throw up on the board? Well, I, I think we can't not have the Taylor Swift victim complex. Yeah, oh, thank up you. Up on the board. I was, I was going to jump in if no one said it because you know I think not getting into the weeds too, but you know Cal and I work and you know in and around the music industry, and there's all types of whispers and stuff. So mm-hmm. over so many years I've heard different stories about what levels of communication that they really did have versus what was said then and now. And it go, it, it, again, it's cyclical too. Like Cal said, you know, from um, I've, I've heard stories that they talked that night on the VMAs mm-hmm. before he went on Leno the next day. And then you, you get, you fast forward a couple of years to the phone call and there's all types of uh, gray areas all the time between the two of them. Taylor's great, but Taylor's also really smart. And I'm sure this situation made her even more uh, savvy and, and cunning about the ways that she can um, manipulate the narrative, manipulate yeah. the narrative. Yes, she's very good at that, as we've seen. I mean, we buy all of her albums and we were like, oh, she had a breakup. And like, oh, wait, but she's doing okay. <laughs> like, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're like, Taylor's strong. Yeah. So she's feeding it all to us, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not. And there's so much, something uh, I learned in therapy <laughs> was uh, that was kind of mind-blowing for me was that the victim is always the strongest person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have the most power. Oh, interesting. That's why, you know, people who play the victim card, they, they put themselves off as like, oh, whoa, you know, me, not me, not me, not me. Mm-hmm. But really, everyone around them is just trying to help. Yeah. There's a lot of power in that position. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, like, she didn't ask for it in a way mm-hmm. like she just won an award right yeah 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 she didn't ask to win the award but then it, it, it's 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 what comes after that which is kind of upsetting well, well, well i mean i i guess it, we can't say that i don't i don't know if a label or a person in the music industry can say to a rep at mtv hey We've got this person that we want to, you know, in a couple years, we want them to be this top line. If you get in with us early, maybe give them, you know, a cup, an award here, performance there. It'll help in the story. And we'll, I don't know, but I would assume that, yeah, my, my thought actually when you were saying that is either Taylor's very smart or there's someone in her camp that was just like that quick to be like, okay, I, I can see where this is going to go. Let's start spinning it now. I don't have any proof for this, but I think she's like an A-type control freak. That makes oh, sense. yeah. That makes sense. Doesn't she seem that way? She that. gives me really strong vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, A-type I vibes. think some uh, to be that level of, of pop star, I think you kind of have to be. I mean, there's stories about Beyonce having a um, like a library of recordings and she records like her every waking moment and like catalogs <laughs> it in like an air controlled, you know, server mission yeah. impossible type. She admitted this once and it was like a GQ article. I think. Last thing to throw up on the board inspired by that is pop star Megla- megalomania. Like mm. to a certain extent, this applies to Taylor and to Kanye. Mm-hmm. That's a very strong contender at like the 11th hour. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at the list, that that's the this that's is going to be one. hard, guys. Yeah, it, 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 well, because it, it, it encompasses everything. It encompasses the idea that Kanye can just waltz on stage and say something when he's not supposed to. It's you know the the fact that Taylor feels that you know not only that she is the victim, but that can be you know fuel for you know this next phase in her career. It's MTV and other people feeding into things like that. I don't. It's a very strong contender. It's 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 top two. Chris, why don't you hit us with the list of well, who's to blame for Taylor and Kanye feud? Systemic racism in music industry, racism in award shows, Hennessy or Liquid Courage, sexism in the music industry, seating plans, <laughs> MTV, Kanye's latent question mark misogyny, Twitter internet culture, untreated bipolar disorder, Loss of Kanye's mother, Taylor Swift victim complex, and pop star megalomania. I think off the bat, we can take uh, Kanye's mom off yeah. of the list. 
uh, because I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think they're directly related. Yeah. It was two years. And I, and I think um, I think it was Frazier. Maybe it was Cal. Somebody somebody sort of eliminated the liquid courage uh, one because Kanye. I mean, I think the untreated bipolar plus his sort of like just knack for shooting off his opinions and feelings of just in general. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think we can blame. Right. He might have done it with or without. The yeah. Smooth, yeah, yeah, I don't think we can blame the smooth, delicious uh, taste of <laughs> Hennessy liqueur. Yeah, I don't think we can take seating plans out just yet. Yeah, honestly, yeah, they're, 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 there's still a situation in, in hand there. The producers knew what they were doing. No, well, I mean, you have Kanye West; he's got to get front row. Twitter and internet culture, I think, definitely plays a part. I'm wondering though if it's as strong as some of these other things. I also like at that time the, the especially Twitter. It was big, but it wasn't what it would be a couple of years. Yeah, later. I think they they fan the flame, but they can't get they can't get credit for its starting fire. Yeah. I agree with you guys. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to take, and I know this might be controversial, but I want to take Taylor Swift's victim complex off the board, Yikes, and here's Chris. why. I think that, you know, if anything, it was maybe more opportunism in her camp that we can really directly point to as opposed to like, she's not the one who encouraged the stand behavior on on Twitter or, you know, mm. I, I don't know that we can point to anything but, but specific. I, I think we got to keep that on she because she rode it. that wave. Yeah. She made the most of it. And, you know, it was so clear that these undercurrents of racism and all the attacks on Kanye, from what I know, she never put any sort of kibosh on it. So I just feel like she, she made lemonade out of lemons, but like, too much lemonade. <laughs> it was too it's, sweet. It's, it, she wasn't supposed was to take the whole sweet. bushel. Right. Yeah. 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 It, or the, the, it's runneth over. Yeah. She lemonade. made lemonade. She made lemon meringue pie. She <laughs> made... I th- well, I, th- I think to, to the point of possibly taking off, I wonder if the, because is that something that was there before that kind of kicked into play when when the the incident happened, or did we see that manifest itself after? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I have some uh, insight on that um, because it, it was present. They, you know, according to a BuzzFeed article, they say that it was present before. As a young girl in the early days of her career, Swift adhered to the markers of white feminine fragility presented as a modern day ingenue figure. Her passivity passivity and purity were the centerpiece of an appealing narrative constructed around traditional girlhood. So, you know, it's kind of like what we're talking about in the video Mm -hmm. where she's this innocent passive person uh, persona that's selling a bunch of records. I think that we can maybe roll um, racism in award shows and award show categorizing into systematic racism in the music industry. I agree with that. I just want to make sure that uh, people know that we are, are against award shows. Yes. <laughs> Except for the ones that we're nominated for. We'll, that we we'll, get nominated we'll, for, right? We'll go to those. We'll go to those. Uh, um, I think we can roll sexism in the music industry into Kanye's blatant misogyny and discuss that one, probably. Yes, mm. I agree with you. I think we can take seating plans off right now. Yeah. That probably rolls into MTV. If we're talking about this whole feud, you know, MTV didn't make Kanye write a song as provocative as famous, which is the reason we're still kind of even talking about this. So I think we can take MTV off the list. Damn. I think we can maybe take pop star megalomania off because in this situation, I think we have more at play here. I mean, I actually think we can keep the megalomania on and take off the untreated bipolar disorder because I don't think it would have been as bad if he wasn't this huge pop star. Mm. I mean, he wouldn't have even had the the resources to run up on a stage. And, you know, the megalomania, obviously, again, Kanye's always been this outspoken person, but megalomania, which I think is just another way we can describe ego, right? Yeah. Is is what's driving him to feel like he can go on that stage. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna say it. I think I think the two factors right now are the systemic racism in the music industry and pop star megalomania. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I I think we can then fold Kanye's misogyny almost into the megalomania. Yeah. 
Yes. So I'm going to take that off. And then Taylor Swift victim complex also kind of folds into that. Yes. So we got to yeah. figure out who uh, is going to get the big slap and who's going to the alarmist jail between these two. I think you got to <laughs> give megalomania a slap because, <laughs> you know, we kind of fuel that attitude to begin with, right? Celebrity culture and all that. At a certain point, if you're Kanye, you're Taylor, you're Beyonce. Um, again, like I use the word Dee Dee to, you know, to refer to Beyonce, like we're kind of giving them the rope mm-hmm. to, to be megalomaniacs. I, I agree with you. I think we got to send the race, the systemic racism in the music industry has to go to jail for this. Yes. I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad we could make that decision. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it seems like it should have been an easy one. You know what I mean? But you gotta, you gotta break it down, but it always goes back to, Hey, stop being racist. <laughs> you know? you, I wish yeah it seems so obvious right you would think uh, okay great so I'm calling it pop star megalomania you're getting the big slap systemic racism in the music industry you're going to the alarmist jail may I nominate Beyonce for the big clap absolutely <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. something we occasionally do um, let's do it I, I think she deserves it she definitely had the better video Let's give it. Let's hear it for Beyonce. And clap it up. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, we appreciate you having us. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Oh my god, it was a blast. After the feud, the feud is still ongoing. Taylor Swift recently released a new album, Folklore, while Kanye West plans to release Donda soon. Kanye has been publicly dealing with what appear to be severe mental health issues. In July of this year, he announced a presidential campaign. Recently, Kim Kardashian went on Twitter to ask for compassion and empathy for her husband, rap mogul Kanye West, as their family is dealing with his recent behavioral outbursts. She confirmed that Kanye West struggles with bipolar disorder. you think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week for our most requested canadian disaster the halifax explosion Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.